right, praise God. How's everybody doing? Come on, that was pretty good, but look, how's everybody doing? I will take that. I will take that. Y'all, um, I, I am not going to lie to you. I am bummed because this is our actually our final uh, installment in this series. Has anybody in, been enjoying the series, The Names of God? Anybody enjoying it? Yeah, it has, it has been incredible. And, uh, you know, the cool thing about the Word of God, y'all, is the more you read it, the more things pop out to you, right? It's not like a normal book. The Word of God reads you. You don't just read it, Right? And y'all, I am, I am excited about this series, but I'm gonna tell you something. Listen, if y'all have wanted to be in church for any month at all, I am telling you, you wanna be in church for the month of October, right? We are literally kicking off a new series next week and called Ghost Stories. <laughs> and it's gonna be super awesome. It is gonna be super fun. And I believe, honestly, it is going to be a, uh, a series that is very foundational for City Point Church. And it's going to be really good. No, y'all, we're not talking about ghosts. Calm down, okay? Uh, we're talking about the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Right? So the point is, is, is I really would love for y'all to make it a point to, to be there. It's going to be really good. I asked my friend to stay up just for a moment. Just because I want to I take a moment and I want to pray with y'all before we get into this word. Because honestly... Uh, yesterday as I was going over the message and I just really felt like the Lord was downloading stuff into my spirit. And I'm gonna tell you, when we preach, we don't just preach because we wanna get up here and give a good word and have a response. When we preach, we are praying, Lord, what do you want us to say? You know who's gonna be there, what do you want us to say? And I'm telling you, I really believe that the Lord put some things in my heart tonight that are going to be really good. Is anybody else ready? Awesome, y'all. Um, tonight I want to preach to you from the subject Jehovah Gamala, right? And that sounds funny. It's going to get real good. Are you all ready, ready for this? All right, let me pray real quick. Just keep going. Yeah, keep going. Lord, we just love you. And Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power that's in this room right now. Father, we know that it's nothing we say or do that is going to change lives. Lord, it is your presence, it is your power that brings change to people's hearts. And Lord, last night I was praying and I was just asking you that your presence would rest on this room. And Lord, I feel your presence. I feel your glory and I'm thankful that you're here right now. Lord, I just pray you'd pour out your spirit. Pour out your power. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Are y'all ready? Come on, thank you so much. You're wonderful. Y'all, uh, if you brought your Bibles, how many of you brought your Bibles, whether it's paper or digital, come on, however you get it. We are going to be reading out of the book of uh, Jeremiah, chapter 51 and verse 56. It's going to be real good. Y'all ready? One of y'all are ready. Come on, come on. Here we go. It says this. It says, because the plunderer comes against her, against Babylon, and her mighty men are taken. Every one of their bows is broken. For the Lord is the God of recompense. Everybody say recompense. Everybody and their mother say recompense. 
Listen, that's a fancy word. We're about to get into it in a moment, but it, it is the same word as Jehovah Gamala, right? The word Gamala means deed or recompense or such a reward. So you could say it like this. I've, I've studied it. You could say it, the Lord of recompense or the Lord who rewards. So what does the word recompense mean? Does anybody else like definitions? I love definitions. I love looking up what words mean. The word recompense means this. Make amends to someone for loss or harm suffered to compensate. How many of us in this room have had something happen to you that you feel like, Man, I would love it if the Lord would compensate me for whatever happened. How many of you have had something, somebody did something dumb, somebody said something dumb, that you're like, man, I would love it if you would reward me for the things that somebody else took from me. Anybody want to be honest? I know for sure. Come on, <laughs> Taryn's like, that's me, right? The reality is, is listen, we serve a God. His name is the Lord of recompense. What that, what that looks like is this. We're going to break all of this down. But my, my sons, how many, how many of you know I have two kids, right? Two kiddos, two boys, and they are all boy, and they are crazy, right? Any of you have met them, they are all boy, and I love them, right? But one of the things that my youngest son They'll get into arguments. They'll get into fights like normal. But my youngest son will, you know, he'll do something like Judah will hit him, right, like normal. Just hits him, being an older brother. And then Jonas will be like, jump off the chair and kick him in the face or something, okay. And, and Judah will be like, oh, my gosh, you know. And then Judah retaliates and goes and gives him a wedgie, a swirly. I'm just kidding. He's never done that. Never done that. Now, be quiet. He's, Jonas is over there yelling. But what, what Jonas always says when Jonas comes screaming and crying to us is he always comes and he's like, Judah, hit me. And I'm like, all right, Judah, come here. Judah, what happened? Judah's like, well, dude, like I was just sitting there and he jumped off the chair and kicked me in the face. And Jonas goes, he deserved it. That's what he gets. Literally today, I was like, Jonas, what are you saying? He goes, he goes it's called revenge, dad. It's called revenge. How many of you know that we have a God that revenges us? How many of you know that when crazy stuff happens in your life, how many of you know when injustice happens in your life, God sees it and he cares about it and he revenges us? I have three points here. It's going to be real good. Let's get into it. First one is this. Jesus sees our pain slash injustice and he is fighting for us. I'm going to say that one more time because I want you to catch it. Jesus sees our pain. It's important that you understand that. Look at me. You have not gone through pain. You have not gone through trials. You have not gone through hardship that God did not see. He sees it, and it's very important because he sees the pain. He sees the injustice, and he is what? Fighting for us. Amen. He is fighting for us. I don't know about you, but it pumps me up when I think of the God of the universe is fighting on my behalf. Psalms 56, 8 says this. This is so good. Keep, it says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. 
How many of you know whether someone else hurts you or you hurt yourself, God is there and he is keeping record of your sorrows, not to hurt you, but to what? Heal you. To heal you. I love the way the message says it. It says this, you keep track, or it says, you keep track of of my every toss and turn through the sleepless nights. Each tear entered into your ledger, or in your ledger, each ache written in your book. When I was praying, I just kept hearing this phrase. There were a couple of phrases, but, but I just kept hearing this phrase, do you even hear me? Something that maybe some of us have prayed. Do you even hear me, God? Do you even see what it is that I'm going through? Can I tell you something? And I wrote this down. Satan's plan for your life is to wear you out until you are literally dead. That's his plan for your life life. But here's the beautiful thing. No matter how much Satan is screaming in your face, no matter how much Satan is screaming at you and telling you that you're going to fail, how many of you know that God is going before you and God is fighting for you? Do you believe that tonight? God is fighting for you. Romans 8.31 says this, who shall we say or what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is what? For us, then who can be against us? What that's saying is this, no matter how crazy your life gets, no matter how depressed you are, no matter how much the enemy is screaming in your face, it's over. Nothing is more powerful than the God that you serve. Do you believe that? It's important to understand that. It's important to understand it because if God is going to repay all the injustices that have happened in my life, then he had to have seen it. Do you hear that? Some of you have been like, God's not even real. He just let that happen. Listen to me. He's going to work it out for your good. He's going to work it out for your good. Satan's plan for your life is to kill you. Jesus' plan for your life is to give you life and life more abundant. To the point where you're literally, it's overflowing. Do you believe that tonight? Come on, do you believe that tonight? His plan God's plan for you is to give you life. And this, this is what I prayed specifically for every one of you last night. Because here's the reality. I didn't, I didn't know who was going to be here. But how many of you know Jesus knew? How many of you know you are not here by accident? How many of you know that you are in this room, not because some dude invited you off Facebook? <laughs> some of y'all get that. Some of y'all are like, what? <laughs> You're here because God has brought you into this place. He has brought you into this room. And I'm telling you, this is my prayer for us. Seriously, hear me. Is that we would leave this room with a new boldness in who God is and what he is doing for us and the fact that he is going before you. And no matter how insane your life has been, no matter how crazy your life has been, I'm telling you, he sees your pain, he sees the injustice, and he is going before you. Praise God. Do you believe that tonight? Come on. I believe this. Living for Jesus can be summed up in one word. Watch this. Surrender. Surrender. 
And I, I'm just telling you, as, as maybe I'm your pastor, maybe I'm not your pastor, maybe you're just here randomly, I don't know. But I'm telling you, if you want to be successful in this Christian walk, if you want to live this thing out the way that God has called you to live it out, then you've got to learn to surrender your will to his will. Do you believe that? You've got to learn to surrender. So I used to be a youth pastor um, in Alabama and California, all over the place, right? We were, Tiffany and I spent, what was it, 10 years, over 10 years we're veterans, baby. Come on, we served our time. I'm just messing. Love youth. Love y'all. Love that section. So great. Um, we were youth pastors, and, you know, I went paintballing one time. One time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think I've been a few times, but I'm going to tell you, I remember this time probably better than any other time. We were, we were playing paintball and, you know, doing our thing. And I'm just, you know, I'm the guy that's like, dude, this is like real-life Call of Duty. Like, yeah, this is so awesome, right? And I remember the, the team that we were fighting against, man, they just, they pretty much dominated us, right? And by the end of it, I'm like one of the last people standing. And this little kid, I'll never forget him, his name's Jacob Smith, right? This little kid, he was very little. He's a grown man, married and has kids now. But he was little, and he was hiding behind this, like, cement block. And I ran up like, where is everybody? And this little joker, I'm talking like seven to six feet away from me, just does this. And he's like, pop, 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 pop. And he just lights me up. And I am like, hands in the air like, I surrender. I am just like, just screaming. And the kid is not stopping. Like, I finally have to use like my dad voice. Like, stop. You know. <laughs> and finally he's like, oh, my bad. I didn't, you know. And I'm like, you're a little, you're a little turd, bro. So by any chance he's listening to this Spotify, you're a turd. I still remember it. I'm not even joking. I feel the pain. Still, my ribs were bruised. Oh, it was like, it was so bad. And I was like, I surrender. How many of you know that when you surrender to God, it's not so he'll hurt you. It's so he'll use you. And I'm telling you, some of our frustrations in this life called Christianity, in this walk, comes from us not surrendering. I can't say it enough, dude. Listen to me. That was my youth pastor coming out, dude, okay. Surrender to Jesus. Surrender your dreams to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. Surrender your job to Jesus. Surrender your passions, your calling. Surrender your finances to Jesus. If you're not surrendering it to Jesus, it's probably not going to work out. Not the way. That could be the best way. We surrender to Jesus. Listen, learn how to surrender our will to the will of the Father. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember that? If there's any other way, Father, let this cup pass. And he said, but not my will, your will. Over and over and over again, he submitted to the will of the Father. Why did Jesus do that? One, to show us exactly how we're supposed to live in surrender. So what does that look like? What does it look like? Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. I love the way the message says this. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. 
Embrace, watch this, what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Watch this. Don't become so well-adjusted to our culture that you fit in without even thinking. Did you hear that? Oh, that's, I mean, that's a word for this world right now. Don't become so well-adjusted to our culture that we fit in without even thinking. Watch this. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, you always, or sorry, around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Can I say something? I say it all the time, but I want to say it again and hear me. Salvation is free, but following Jesus, discipleship will cost you everything. It will. And anybody that says that that's not true is selling you something that you need to run away from. You hear me? Salvation is the only thing that's free. Everything else, it's going to cost you your whole life. First point was Jesus sees your pain and injustice and he's fighting for you. And watch this. Because of who Jesus is, the Lord of recompense, we understand that we are not victims, but we are victors. Did you hear me? We are not victims, but we are victors. Hebrew 10.30 says this. For we know the one who said, watch this, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. I'm going to read that again because this is what God is saying to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Listen, by the world's standards, we are victims. But by the word standards, we are victors. Did you hear that? By the world's standards, you know what, dude, yeah, that person was super messed up to you. You should probably just wallow in your misery. You probably should just be miserable because what they did was super messed up. Is what they did messed up? Yes. But does God want you to be a victim about it? No. God wants you to be a victor. Why? So you can help other people who are struggling with the exact same thing find victory through what Jesus said in his word. Did you hear that? By the world's standards, we are victims. And it's, I listen, I know some of y'all, I've heard your stories, my God. It would be hard, it would be hard just thinking about it. But the reality is, you're not a victim. You are not a victim. You are a victor through Christ. You are more than conquerors. Do you believe that? Why? Because Jesus is the Lord of recompense. Here's the reality. Some of us in this room, I mean, I'm, again, just being honest, and I've been here. Listen, I grew up in an abusive home. I grew up messed up stuff happening, crazy stuff. My, my, my siblings are still struggling with it. I'm, I'm one of the uh, few siblings that have actually found Jesus and have forgiven my father and forgiven uh, people that have hurt me in my past. And I'm going to tell you, instead of focusing on that pain, I focused on the Prince of Peace. And he has brought me to a place where the Lord is using me to help other fi others find freedom. Do you believe that? Your name might be 
shape-shifting sand, Simon. But Jesus is going to change your name to the rock, Peter. Your name might be victim. How many of you know that Jesus can change your name? We've been talking about this. Jesus can literally take your name and change it to someone else. He, he, might, he could take your personality, who you've grown up as. He could take the anger-bought person that you've become and turn you into a person filled with joy. Do you believe that? He's done it. There are people in this room, I've seen it happen. He's done it for me. The reality is, is when we have a victim mentality, we often, we often sometimes desire payback, usually greater than what is actually deserved. I want to read something. This is so big. 1 Peter 3.9 says this. Don't, so somebody say don't. That means do not do it. That's what that means. Don't do it. It says don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate. With insults when people insult you. Instead, watch this, pay them back with what? Shout it out. A blessing. Pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. Some of y'all are wondering what you're called to do. You're called to do that. Some of y'all are like, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Do that. The word says you are called to do this. And he will grant you what? His blessing. Come on. Verse 10, it says this, for the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days. How many of you want to enjoy life and see many happy days? Come on, watch this. Here's the thing you got to do then. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Watch this. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Listen to me. I need somebody to hear this. Some of y'all need to start searching for peace. Some of y'all's lives are so chaotic, and I'm telling you, simplify your life and search for peace. And what does it say? Work to maintain it. Some of us are, I, I mean, I've, I've done it, so I'm not even throwing stones. It's like I've, I've worked so hard, it feels like to keep my life chaotic church planner life, come on somebody, okay. But the reality is, God is calling us to search for peace and work hard, and work to maintain it. Watch this, verse 12. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Verse 13, watch this. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? Verse 14. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. Do you hear that? God will reward you for it. Watch this. It says, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. How do you get blessing? Don't retaliate. If somebody says something ugly to you, don't say something ugly back. That's the hard thing, is it not? Because that's what they get. <laughs> right? Isn't that how we feel, though? When somebody is harsh to us, when somebody is ugly to us, is that not the easy thing to do? I'm going to call my friends up. We're going to get them. <laughs> Some of y'all need to get new friends. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
The kingdom of God, y'all, listen to me. In a lot of ways, the kingdom of God is backwards. It is. If you want to be the greatest, then what? You got to be the least. If you want to be in charge, then you got to serve. Well done, good and what? Faithful servant. Come on. It doesn't say, well done, good and faithful pastor. It doesn't say that. Listen, I want to say this real quick. When we try to get revenge, there's a massive chance that we will react in an unjust way. When you try and get revenge, there is a huge chance that you will respond in an unjust way. Um, I, I did a ministry school in Las Vegas. And I, I feel like I've shared this story before, but I'm going to share it again. Because it's like one of those stories that you're like, what? Okay. I was an intern, and, and there was another student there that was just a couple years younger than me. And for some dumb reason, some, another one of the interns started like egging us on, like, I bet, I bet this dude, I'm not going to say his name, but I bet this dude could beat you in wrestling, bro. And I'm like, nah, he can't, he can't. And because, you know, I wrestled in high school, no big deal, it's not a big deal. Okay, I'm not that cool. Anyways, but the kid, the kid started getting like prideful about it. He's like, no, and I'm like, bro, you can't, just don't even try it, dude, you can't. So the joker tried to shoot in on me and I stuffed his takedown like a pro wrestler, no big deal. It's pretty awesome. I stuffed it, his takedown. I mean, he was this little kid. So it was like, I mean, I was a little kid too, but he was smaller than I was, right? So I stuffed his takedown, and the dude just started squirming all over the ground. I would get on the ground and do it, but it just wouldn't be pretty, right? Squirming, and so much that he got a rug burn on his forehead. Like, just, I mean, he was just trying to get up, and I'm like, stop moving, dude. Rug burn. Well, dude, so years later, I mean, I, I, I moved to Alabama. I am a grown man. I have children. I'm not wrestling small people anymore, okay? Like, I've grown up. I get a phone call from one of my good friends going, hey, dude, I just I want to give you a heads up. I ran into this guy and the same kid years later, and, bro, like, this dude, he hates you, man. And I'm like, he what? He's like, yeah, man, you're not going to believe it. But this dude learned how to fight. He went, he took mixed martial arts classes. He even joined the military. All for the purpose, and I'm not lying, all for the purpose of someday he was going to see me again and he was going to beat me up for putting a rug burn on his head. Like, you can't make that up, guys. That's like a movie, like for real. And I'm like... My dude, what? He's, he's going to do what to me? So I found him. Sure enough, we weren't friends on Facebook. I'm like, wow, when did that happen? <laughs> like before Facebook was a thing, I guess, whatever. And so I, I friended him and I messaged him. I was like, hey, bro, I just, I just want to let you know, dude, that I am genuinely from the bottom of my heart sorry for anything that I did to hurt you. Not because I don't want to die. Because I'm pretty sure I can still take him. I don't even care, dude. I'm pretty sure. I'm heavier than he is. I'll just lay on him and he'll, it'll be over, okay? <laughs> no, but seriously, how many of you know sometimes apologizing, even if you don't think you're wrong, is the better thing to do when you want someone else to find freedom? How many of you know freedom for someone else is more important than me being right? Did you hear that? Someone else finding freedom 
And if I can apologize even for 1%, I'm going to do it because I, want, I care more about people being free than me being right. And I'm not going to lie to you, the kid did not respond well. <laughs> like he wasn't like, oh, it's cool, dude. No, he was like, bro, you don't need to say anything to me. Stop talking to me. And I'm like, bro, what? Next day, send him the same message. Hey, dude, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I want you to let you know I'm, I'm sorry for anything I've done. And, man, I'm not going to lie to you, it probably took six weeks to a long time. But finally he broke down, right? And he was like, dude, it's all good. And, and you know what? I don't even know. Like the kid could still be bitter. I have no idea. But what I want you to know is that I went out of my way to do my part to make sure that he wasn't bitter because of me. And is that, I mean, come on. Sometimes people get hurt and some people need to get beat up a little bit, right? Come on, somebody. If some of y'all know somebody, if the person sitting next to you, do not nudge them, all right? But... But I, what I'm saying is, if I, can, if I can work towards someone else finding freedom, it doesn't matter what it takes. I'll do it. Because here's the reality. When you get bitter, when you get hyper-focused on even someone giving you a rug burn on your face, all of a sudden, you start seeking revenge. And when you start seeking revenge, your whole life is fixated on this one thing, and you stop growing in that moment. You stop moving forward in that moment, and all of your life is hyper-focused on that thing. When we, I'm going to say this again, when we try to get revenge, there's a massive chance that we will react in a way that is not, or that's in an unjust way. Come on, listen, hurting people hurt people. You ever heard that phrase? Hurting people hurt people. Listen to me. God is your revenge. You stop trying to take the revenge in your own hands. Let us stop trying to take the revenge in our hands. I heard this quote the other day uh, on social media, and I thought it was so good. It says this, heal, heal so you can hear what's being said without the filter of your wound. I'm going to say that one more time because some of y'all need to get that for real. Heal so that you can hear what's being said without the filter of your wound. And that's true. I'm telling you, I've seen it. It's so true. Here's the thing. I want to make this statement, and I want you to hear me say it. Jesus is the only one that is capable of, or sorry, I'm going to read it just like I wrote it because it's important. Jesus is the only one who is able to avenge us justly. Why? Because how many of you know that Jesus is omnipotent? How many of you know that? Or wait, did I say it wrong? It's, oh, I'm sorry, it's om omniscient. That's the word. Omniscient means Knowing everything. How many of you know that you don't know everything? I don't know if that's a news flash to some of y'all, but you don't know everything. If you think you do, someone needs to tell you you don't. Do you know that? You don't know everything. And the reality, the reason, I'm not even saying that ugly, like you're intelligent, but I'm going, you don't know what happened in this person's life 10 minutes before you talk to them. I wasn't even going to tell this story, but, but I feel led to do it. When I was, I, I worked at the Texas Roadhouse, and I was a server, and I'm not going to lie to you. I tell people all the time, I was a way better servant in real life than I was a server at a restaurant, okay? Like, I wanted so bad to do well, but I just was not good at it at all. I'm like, that's why I didn't move here. I didn't move here to be a server. I moved here to be a servant. Come on, somebody. But I remember one day, I was just botching it, man. I was not doing good. 
And it was obvious, right? I was overrun with my three tables, which is not even. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. Help me. I'm like, Jordan, help me. <laughs> but I remember it was like I was just not doing a good job at this table. And eventually I got them their food and whatever. But as the dude was leaving, he came up to me and he goes, hey, man, obviously you're having a bad day. And the guy, like, gave me what we call a Pentecostal handshake, okay, he gave me a Pentecostal handshake with a $100 bill in it and was like, this is for you, bro. This is your tip. And I was just like, dude, like I could literally kiss your feet right now. Because you have, I mean, for real, I'm sitting here going, he had no clue the day that I had had before he saw me. He had no idea. He could have easily been like, I'm not giving this fool a tip. Which is wrong, by the way. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. We're done. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, instead of getting angry at the horrible job I was doing, he noticed that I was struggling and came and tried to bring healing the only way he knew how, which was by blessing me. And y'all know, some of y'all know, but we struggled financially for a long time. And I'm telling you, that dude blessing us was such a big deal. It was incredible. He didn't even know, still does not know how much of a blessing. But here's the thing. Can I tell you something? Jesus knew that I was struggling. Why? Because Jesus is omnis omniscient. Omniscient. There it is. Omni is it omniscient? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Omniscient. There we go. Jesus is omniscient, and he knows everything, y'all. He knows what's going to happen five minutes from now. He knows what's going to happen five days from now. He knows what's going to happen five years from now. And so when he says something, you can take it to the bank. If he prompts you to do something, you can take it to the bank that he is going to be right. And listen, if he avenges you, then it's worth it because he knows that it's the right thing to do. How many of you know sometimes it's not this person deserves nothing because they've done a terrible job. It's... I'm just going to bless them. When someone, what did we just read? Instead of cursing the person, instead of saying something ugly back to them, we bless them. Come on, how many of you believe that when you bless someone, it's way better than cursing them? He will bless you because you have decided to be obedient to what he has said. This is what I wrote down, and I want you to hear it. It says this, if we make it out of this life, Without becoming angry or bitter and toxic people, we have no choice. Oh, I said, sorry, if we want to. That's an important part of that word, phrase. If we want to make it out of this life without becoming bitter or toxic or angry, we have no choice but to surrender our desire for vengeance to the only one who can give us actual vengeance. Because what you think vengeance should be, it may not be what God thinks it should be. Do you believe that? Sometimes our response, actually a lot of times our response is the wrong response. So what's another word? What's another word for surrender? And I wrote this down, trust. Trust. Trust Jesus with what? Well, let's figure out what the word of God says. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. Place your trust in the eternal. Watch this. Rely on him. What? Come on, say it, what? Completely. 
never, come on, never depend on your own ideas and inventions. This is so good. Verse 6, give him the credit for everything you accomplish. Watch this. And he will smooth out and straighten the road that lies ahead. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's right. Listen, everybody, everybody wants him to smooth out and straighten the road that lies ahead. Everybody wants that. But I'm going to be honest, not everybody wants to trust him completely. And that is the promise. Place your trust in the eternal. If if Jesus says don't repay evil for evil, then you can trust that that's what you're supposed to do, right? Do you believe that? If he said it, then there's a reason why he said it. Place your trust in the eternal. Rely on him completely. Never depend on your own ideas and inventions. Give him the credit for everything you accomplish, and he will smooth out and straighten the road that lies ahead. Praise God. Does anybody else want that? Come on. That's right. That's right. Think about it. Think about it. Abraham and Sarah. What was the thing that was promised to them? A son. What did, what did Sarah say when God said, I'm going to give you a son, even in your old age? What did she do? She goes, ha, ha, ha. And God goes, why are you laughing, Sarah? And what did she say? I didn't laugh. <laughs> she must have not heard that God knows everything. Omniscient. God knows everything. She laughs. And then, and then you know what the crazy thing is? Is even in their disobedience, even in their mistake, God still blessed them. Right? How many of you know when you make a mistake, God can work with your mistakes? Do you believe that? Come on, Jonas. I know you believe. He's back there going, yeah. God can work with your mistakes. Think about it. Think about, think about uh, Malachi, right? I love this. Uh, chapter 2, verse 17, it says this. How have you, or it says, sorry, verse 17, it says this. How have you, or it says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. How have you wearied him, you ask? You have wearied him by saying that all who do evil are good in the Lord's sight. And he is pleased with them, which is not true. You know, it says, you have wearied him by asking, where is the God of justice? How many of us have done that? Where is the God? Where are you? Some of us, if we're honest, we ask that this week. Where are you, God? Can I tell you? He is there right with you fighting for you. Do you believe that tonight? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Did you hear that? He's being patient for your sake. It says this, he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Come on, somebody needs to say, thank God that he is patient. Thank you, Jesus, that you are patient with me. I was going to have the whole band come up, but I'm, if you don't mind, I'm just going to have Sam come up on the keys, if you don't mind. Because I, I want everyone to hear this. And I, I really want to give an opportunity for us all to respond to this, because it's going to be really good. My third point is this. As believers, we fight on our knees. 
we fight on our knees. Why? Because he is our revenge. Think about the idea of, of fighting on your knees as a battle strategy. It's ridiculous. Like, it, it really is ridiculous. You're not going to go to war on your knees. But if you're fighting in the kingdom of God, you are. As believers, we fight on our knees. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Don't worry about what? Anything. Tomorrow too. Don't worry about tomorrow. Absolutely. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. It says this. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 7. Then you will experience, watch this, God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Isn't that so good? Y'all, I was, last night actually, I was in my bed and before I, before I fell asleep, I was just praying, Lord, what do you, what do you want to say tomorrow? And I felt like he reminded me of a, a incidents that happened in 2006. And some of you remember this, but some of you don't. It got national coverage. But there was a, a, an Amish school. And that day, a, a gentleman came into the school and took all the children hostage. And then, I mean, the story was nuts. Killed five kids and or killed six kids, including himself, and wounded five. And what's so crazy, I just want to say this. I, I feel like the reason why the Lord brought this up is because there's nothing more in this world that I'm going to seek revenge for than my wife and my kids. And this, this person went in and did the worst possible thing and, and killed children and then took his own life. And the crazy thing about that story is the, the coverage that, that went all over the world was how forgiving the Amish community was towards this person and his family. I mean, the, the, the parents, y'all, the parents went to the funeral of this man to literally approach the family and just go, I want you to know we don't blame you, we forgive you. I'm not going to lie to you. I would struggle. I would really struggle with that. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else would you struggle with that? I would absolutely struggle with that. But I'm going to tell you something. I want you to hear me say it. This is what the Lord said to me last night. The only reason they were able to forgive is because they understood who is their vengeance. Who brings them vengeance? When you understand that God is in control only when you give him control. When you understand that surrendering your whole life to God is the only thing that's going to get you through this life. I mean, the only reason why they were able to do that is because they literally said, this is what God asks of us, to forgive our enemies. And to understand that God is the one that is your vengeance. 
do me a favor, stand to your feet real quick. And I, I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to look at me real fast. Some of us in this room have been through some stuff that is just, it would shake a normal person. I've heard y'all's stories. Some of y'all have been hurt so deeply by someone who was just filled with injustice. Some of y'all have been broken because someone else deliberately went out of their way to break you. And I'm sorry. I mean that. It's not fair. And it's not okay. But look at me. You're not a victim. You hear me? You hear me? You're not a victim. Not because you don't deserve to be a victim. Yes, you do. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair what's happened to us. You are a victor because Jesus has paved the way for you to be a victor. Because he cares so deeply. Listen, he cares so deeply for you that he called us to this city to literally be in this moment right now for you to hear me say that Jesus cares deeply for you. And that even though the deepest, most incredible injustice happened in your life, and maybe you caused it, maybe you caused the pain, all right? I'm not, some of us, we've made our own beds, and now we're living in it. But even in that moment, even in that brokenness, he still loves you. He is still the God of recompense. He is still the Lord of recompense. He is still the Lord of, of our reward. I want to read this. And then I just want to pray. And I, I want to pray over everyone in this room. But I want you to hear me read this. It says this. This is so big. Romans six thirteen says this. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. What happens when we repay evil? With evil? That's called sin. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. Did you hear that? For you were dead, but now you have new life. Watch this. So use your whole body. Somebody say whole body. Everybody say whole body. Use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. What does it say? When you do what is right, God will do what? He'll bless you. How many of you want to be blessed? Come on, do what is right. This is what I want you to do all over the room. Would you close your eyes just for a moment? 